But decisions, decisions, decisions. We make a lot of decisions in our life, don't we? I mean, if you think about the, through the course of a day, and if you Google this, I know all you tech-savvy people are going to do this when I give you the statistic. If you Google it, the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. Now, I don't know how true that is. That seems a little, little, a little bit out there, but hey, who's, who's, who's going to tell Google they're lying, okay? But, you know, decisions is something that we have to live with. And I tell you all the time that your decisions control your destiny, all right? Because the choices you make put you in the places that you're in. The choices you make allow the things into your life, all right? And and that's very important. So decisions are very important. And a lot of us uh, have a hard time making decisions. And I want to talk with you a little bit about this today to encourage you because it's important. You need to be able to make decisions in your life. And you need to be able to make simple decisions relatively quickly. And see, for me, it's easy to make a decision. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner, Chad can tell you. Sometimes you've got to make a business decision and you've got to make it quick and you just got to deal with the consequences. And that's okay. And you just, you just keep rolling. You just keep rolling. But all of us are going to make decisions that impact our life at some point. All right, I think that's understood. And some of them are going to be really, really important. You know, it can be who are you going to marry uh, or where are you going to live or, or where are you going to attend church. That's a very important one. And, you know, it, it, should you move into another neighborhood or not? You know, that's a very significant decision that you're going to make, a choice you're going to have to make. Now, a lot of the decisions we make in our life aren't very important, you know, just like, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? How did you fix your hair? What color shirt did you put on? All right? But regardless of how important or unimportant a decision is, one thing remains true. And that is the simple fact that the greatest power that God gave man is the simple act of being able to make a decision for himself. Amen? That's pretty fantastic. You see, God, when he created us, he created us with a will to make our own choices. He didn't want a dictatorship up there. He didn't want to demand that you, that you come and follow him, demand that you want him. He wanted you to willfully choose him out of a heart of compassion and love for what he's done for you and the eternity in heaven that he's given you. Amen? So, that's pretty powerful. And when I was putting this together and... I actually got finished with this last night about 7 o'clock, so I had to shift gears on this message. God changed my, changed my mind there uh, Friday, late Friday night, so I kind of threw this together quick. But I think it's important. Somebody in here needs to hear it, or God wouldn't have told me to change. But when I was putting it together, I can't help but think about Chelsea. And she's in there back there with the elementary kids today. And those of you that know Chelsea, that she has a signature saying, Whenever she leaves or you leave her presence, she always says, make good choices. She does. She was being prophetic, didn't know it. And you know, the great thing is, is my kids still remember this. They're not even at home. They're off in Oklahoma going through school and still randomly, they'll do the same thing when they leave a room. They'll turn around and tell the group, make good choices. Man, and that's fantastic. That's fantastic because, you know, we need to learn to make good choices. All right? And, and a de- remember, a decision is just simply acting on a choice that you made. That's all right. So decision and choices, they go, they go hand in hand. 
All right. And choices are always before us, especially in America. We're overwhelmed with choices. I think you I think we'd all agree to that. But it's up to us to decide which ones to act on. Now, if you look in the Bible, there's there's stories throughout where people who made decisions. All right. And they had to deal with the consequences. And and you, you go all the way back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. All right. And, and it's very interesting on this particular one because they made a decision, didn't they? They made a choice. They chose to disobey. All right. And that was essentially the first sin, which was as a result was the fallen fall of man. All right. And the thing that's interesting about their choice, and a lot of people overlook this, is that their choice and their decision that they made impacted a lot of people around. See, so we're all dealing with the consequences of the choice and the decision they make. So the point is, when you make a choice or a decision that's pretty dramatic or important in your life, always consider how that could impact those that are around you. Amen? It's very important because it, sometimes it's not all about you, okay? But you keep going through, then you have Noah. You know, he had the choice of whether or not to obey God and build the ark. Well, I think it was a good decision that he did, that he built it. I mean, you know, come on, it saved his life, all right? And then you go in, the one that, one that I really, really was drawn to, and that's Jesus. And you don't hear this a lot, but you've got to remember, Jesus was a man on earth. And Jesus literally had to make a decision, and he had to make a choice to be beaten and to, 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 to allow himself to be on that cross, to die for you and I. And glory to God, I'm thankful that he made that choice and he made that decision. Amen. He essentially sowed his life to reap all of us. Glory to God. That's fantastic. fantastic. Bad for him at the moment, but glory to God, the end result was fantastic. So, and the truth is, many things influ- influence all our decisions. All right? It can be your environment, your, your family and your friends. That's why it's important who you hang out with, who you, who's, your, who's your main people, who's your peeps. All right? And finances. Finances, I think we all can agree that finances impact our decisions because a lot of decisions are based on how much money you have. You know, do you want to live in California? Do you, well, do you have the money to move to California and to, and to pay those high prices out there? It's a, there's a lot of things that impact it. You know, your feelings, what feels right or what feels wrong. And it can be overwhelming. It really can, especially in our country. It can be overwhelming. I mean, how many of you have, have just thrown your arms up and, 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 and you don't know which way to go or what to do and, and, and you just, I wish somebody would tell me what to do because you're, 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 you're acting out of a spirit of fear and you don't want to make the wrong decision and you don't want to make a mistake. Amen. And then some people I run into, and if this is you, please don't, please change this. They, and I used to be this way. And, and they take the approach where, well, if I don't acknowledge the fact that I need to make this decision, then it'll just disappear. It'll go away. Listen, don't do that. Don't do that. You do, <laughs> you do everything you can within your power to take care of every situation in your life, and you use God, and you pray, and you use your own strength to, to handle it and to deal with it and do it in a timely manner. Because when you do that, it just, it's still there. The problem's never going away until you deal with it. So learn to deal with that. Be quick to to take care of those. So the reality is this. The decision's ultimately ours. Right or wrong, good or bad, the decision is ours, right? That's right. 
So how do you know when you're making a good or a bad decision? That's the million-dollar question. How do you know which way to go, all right? Which choice do I make? And, I, and before I get too far in this, a lot of times the decisions that we make can simply be answered by our morals, all right? What do we think is morally right or wrong? And I know this is not something you hear talked about a lot because understand that the moral breakdown of society has been taking place forever, all right? In other words, what we view as wrong today all right, is totally different than what we view as wrong 20 years ago, all right? And over time, we've allowed more, and th- more things into our society, which leads to the breakdown of the moral beliefs in our society, all right? So you're, but morally, you can answer a lot of questions. In other words, if you're, if you're going out on a date with somebody and you, you, you know, you really think she's the hottest thing in the room and the hottest thing around, you know, essentially somewhere along the time during that night, you're going to have to cross the question in your mind, should I have sex with this person? All right. Aren't you, but morally, that's wrong. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Or should I, should I attend this party and, and overindulge and become drunk? No, shouldn't do that. See, you're morally, what you believe morally can help you quickly make a decision. And, you know, there's a lot of gray areas. You know, one of the big gray areas today is, uh, is one example was what kind of is pirating movies and video games and this, that, and the other. Well, it's just a movie or just a video game. Well, that's a gray area. You know, the Bible doesn't clearly say don't steal a movie or don't pirate a movie, but it does tell us that we shouldn't steal, right? So it's a gray area. Don't allow gray areas to get you into trouble. Amen? So the easy decisions to make are always going to be whether they're morally or right, morally right or wrong, all right? But sometimes that's not going to be enough. Sometimes you're going to need wisdom, all right? And we go to God, right? He's the God of wisdom. All right, so how do you use wisdom when you make decisions, when there's tons of options around us? You know, I, I thought about this when I went to Walmart yesterday. I needed, or actually I went Friday, and I needed some deodorant, and I've been using the same deodorant forever, you know. Michelle said she loves that deodorant, and, you know, I don't care if it smells like peach cobbler. If she loves it, I'm wearing it, you know. It doesn't matter, and I'm going to put it on my arms, lit. it doesn't matter, you know. On her pillow, you know, and so... But I went to get to Walmart, and, and I'm looking for my deodorant. And bam, it's gone. No more. They don't make it anymore. I'm like, you're kidding me. So I'm standing there, and I'm looking at this shelf. Now, I haven't had to make a decision about deodorant for quite a while. I always know it's right there, third shelf from the bottom, boom, and I'm gone, you know. So I get there, and it's not there, and I'm looking. There's 25 feet of deodorant shelf on the. I mean, it looked to me like 300 there, and I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. You know, so I mean, they all smell like roses, this, you know, fresh this. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. But it was almost overwhelming, right? And, I, you know, and, and that's one bad thing about having so many options. And it also made me think about when we were in Ukraine. And, you know, those of you know that we, we have a nonprofit and we would go over there and stay I mean, for a month, four months over there. And, and when we were there for multiple, for a long time, we would live in a village called Sibley. It's a small, primitive village, and it would be like in America back in the early 50s, probably mid-40s. So literally, 
they're milking their cow for their milk. If you want milk, there's no milk at the store. You get up early in the morning, you walk to the center of the town, and the, old, the older ladies from the village are selling their milk. So that's where you buy it. It comes in a bucket, you know, and you take it back. And if you want produce, well, it better be in your garden because that's where your produce came from. And we actually had a garden. And the kids had snacks. You know what the snacks were? We had apricot trees, cherry trees, apple trees, pear trees, and grapes. And that's where their snacks came from. They went in the yard and literally picked them off the trees. And, but, see, there weren't a lot of options. We were not bombarded. And if, you, if we needed anything great, there was, a few, there was two little stores in the center of town. One was probably just a kind of like the, the little gas station at Walmart where you walk up and it's just this little box where you can get cigarettes and alcohol, of course, and a few snacks. And then there was one that was a little bit larger, probably the size of our elementary room in there, and that would have been considered the grocery store. But even that, as small as it was, there was very few options. So when we went to go buy something, whatever we needed, you know, it's pretty easy. You're either, it's either there and you get it, or you have two to choose from. You know, it's not hard to make a decision then. And, and it overwhelmed me when I got back to America. I remember the first day I got back to America. And the biggest thing when we were in the village was getting bread because you either made bread or they brought bread in in the mornings and bread went really fast. So if you didn't make it to the center of town in time, you didn't get bread. And so it was always an ordeal to get bread. And I can remember uh, always fighting with that. But I remember when I came back to America and I walked in to the grocery store and into Walmart and I looked down that bread aisle and I was almost in my tears and I was looking and I was just like, wow, you know, it's just the things we take for granted in our country. You know, I encourage any of you, if you've never gone on a short-term mission trip, that you really should do it. You really should do it. But you see, when I got back, there were tons of options and it was overwhelming and it was a little, it was the, the more options that are there sometimes can be more difficult to make a decision. Amen. So that can be a blessing also, but sometimes it can be a little, little, make it a little bit harder. All right? So, the more choices you have, you're always questioning yourself. All right? Am I going to miss out if I, if I choose this one? Is this really the best option? All right? And as Christians, sometimes this will push us to become paralyzed. And I talked about this before, about how people will operate out of a spirit of fear and never make a decision, all right? And, and they'll do it with the basis that they're waiting on God. And that's a dangerous place to be, all right? And now, of course, you don't want to act too fast. There's a balance to everything. And you need to wait on God. But listen, you need to be able to make a decision understanding who you are in Christ and make your decision in faith and knowing that Christ is living in you and having confidence in Him and in yourself. All right, God doesn't have to show up in a vision every time you make a decision. That's so that's the simple point there. All right, because essentially when you do that, I've seen people they get in and they begin to overanalyze every situation, and, and then then everything comes a sign of, becomes a sign of God. You know, I, so my my partner had a, a husband had a stomach ache. Oh, that's a sign of God. No, it was just the fact that he had Taco Bell the night before. All right? Every, every little thing is not just a simple sign of God. And don't operate out of a spirit of fear when it comes to making your decisions. All right? Now, I put together a process for you. 
a process with four steps. You know, you know I've got to throw me a list in there. And this is a process to help you, okay? And this comes out of Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And I didn't make these up. All right? They're in here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Now, this process that I'm about to give you is meant to help us lean and press in on, in, on God. Not to trust in our own strength. Alright? Alright, got that? Very important. Very important. So, I'm going to give you these four and then we'll talk about them. So, number one, the first process to making wise decisions is pray and believe God's Word. Pray and believe God's Word. Very important. Very, very important. Pray and believe God's Word. Number two is seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. And that's one that gets overlooked so much, so much. Number three, and I want you to write this just like I've got it. Do what you want. That's real spiritual, isn't it? Do what you want. I'm going to go over it. And number four, ignite your faith. Ignite your faith. Now, ignite your faith. Before I get into all these, I want to emphasize a couple of things. First, the order of this process is important. You know, usually I give you a list and it doesn't really matter. But when you, and and listen, this doesn't apply to just simple decisions about where you're going to eat lunch or what kind of clothes you're going to wear. When you got to make a life-changing decision, you want to run it through this process. That's what this is about. Okay? So the order is very important. Very important. And secondly, is this is not a guarantee that you'll always make a wise decision. Please don't come back next week and well, Pastor, I went through that and I made this choice. I'm sorry. We still make mistakes. We live in a fallen world and nothing's perfect, okay? Think of it like this. This process is kind of like the bumpers we use at the bowling alley. It doesn't guarantee you a strike, does it? But it keeps you out of the gutter, all right? So this is just simply a guide to keep you out of the ditch, to keep you in the middle of the road. All right? So just use it. Use it. It'll benefit you. Now, the first step in making a wise decision is to pray and believe God's Word. Okay? And we start there. We start with prayer and the Word because all wisdom starts with God, right? And the number one way God speaks to His people is through His Word. Very important to remember that. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom starts with a proper relationship of knowing God. Now, you hear me constantly talking about how important your relationship with God is. And I'll never stop that because for the success, for you to walk in success in life, in your Christian walk, or just in life in general, if you have a biblical worldview and you're going to choose to live as Christ wants you to live, you've got to have that relationship. You've got to have it. It's very important. And you need to have your prayer life because that's what, that's what nurtures and grows that relationship between you and God. And, of course, your Bible study time. All right. You know, I always got to get that in about every week. So, so I want to encourage you. Get to know God through prayer and through His Word. And always remember, what we know in the Word is that it's always true. Always true. Okay? So when making a decision, an important decision... A lot of time, God's word will quickly answer that for you, all right? So you have to ask, 
what you're, the decision you're about to make, is it in one of the gray areas? All right? Or is it, is it, is it partaking in some type of sin? The Word of God will be quick to answer that question for you. All right? Because the Word is very clear on what sin is. Amen? God set very clear standards in the Bible. And it's up to us to try to do all that we can to achieve it. You know, I was talking with, with Emory here the other week. and we, Most of you know he retired from law enforcement. And it's gotten more difficult to be a policeman nowadays. I mean, but the simple truth is, if we don't have laws, then we have chaos. All right, it's very, it's, and it's horrible. But it, and and the and I had a conversation with a gentleman last week, and we were talking about, and I don't want to get into a debate with anybody, but we were talking about the whole issue over legalizing marijuana, and and I know there's great medical sides to it, but listen, if we continue to drop the standards, and we tre- we continue to change and legalize things that that maybe they're not the worst in the world, all right? And we continue to drop that standard. What we're doing is we're contributing to the moral breakdown of society. Because you understand, as time has progressed, it's got, and that standard has dropped, has dropped, has dropped. Because what people view as socially acceptable. Amen? That's, that's, that's food for thought, but that's uh, it's very true. It's why we have to stand up for what is right. And we have to stand up for, for, for the, the morals and the standards that God has set forth in his word. Amen. I know that's not real. Some real run around the room happy to hear to say, but it's the simple truth. It very much is the simple truth. Just last week, California made public sex legal. And their mindset was, behind it, we don't have to police it. It's not that big a deal. Listen, we don't have to police it. Come on, guys. When you start making things like that socially acceptable, man, that's a bumpy slope. Bumpy, rough slope. Slippery slope, I guess you would say. Slippery slope. Just always remember that. Anyway, now, back to what I was talking about. If you're going to believe in God's Word, first, you've got to believe that God's sovereign. All right? And we've talked about this before. He is a sovereign God. Essentially put, you're going to make decisions and you're going to make choices, but understand that there's going to be consequences that's going to come from that. All right? And, and, and consequences sometimes are not always easy to have to deal with. But remember, God is in control, and God will work every decision you make and every choice you make for your good. Now, listen, that doesn't give you just free will to go make um, bad decisions or bad choices just because, hey, that looks like fun, I want to do it. You're still responsible for your actions. All right? So, remember, we, God is the sovereign. His sovereign. Remember that we serve a sovereign God, and he's in control. He's got your back, all right? Now, and if you're going to believe in God's word, when you make your decisions, then you've got to believe in his mission, all right? And I guess you would say the Great Commission. When Jesus rose from the dead before he ascended into heaven, what did he do? He called the disciples together, and he said, all right, guys, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. But I want you to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm paraphrasing all that, but that's essentially, that's what he said. So that's what we're called to do, all right? So when you're thinking about a decision that you're trying to make for you, that's going to impact your life, and, if you, and, you're, and you're living for God, living for Christ, all right, think about how the decision, in other words, which choice you make, think about 
how it affects your ability to make disciples for Christ. Because essentially, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, your job or wherever that is, that is your ministry. You are at, at that place within the, your realm of influence. You're to be make, supposed to be making disciples, all right? Being encouraging people for Christ. So think about that. And, and when you think about that, Remember that every relationship you have with somebody, that's important. It is. Your job, it's important. You may feel like you're just working a job. This is just something I'm doing just to, get, just to survive. It's important. It's important. Somebody there needs to hear something that you've got to say about Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're all, and learn to filter every question or every decision that you make simply through that. How does this help me make more disciples for Christ? Amen. It very, it'll, it'll help you. Everything, it matters. Your marriage, your kids, your family, your house, your job, all of it matters. Amen. So that's why you have opportunities and relationships in your life. So that you can use your giftings that God gave you to impact those people for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Because remember, you all were created with a purpose. God had that purpose in mind when he created you and you can only do what he called you to do because you're special. Amen? You are. So now, the first, praying and believing in God's word, that's the first step. Now, the second step, and this is the one that gets so often overlooked, and that is seek godly counsel. Now, you see, in today's society, we have a lot of technology, right? I mean, it's unbelievable what you can just go to your phone and find out. Now, that doesn't make us all geniuses, okay? All right, Google can mislead you, all right? If you don't believe me, you put in, go to Atlanta, put in an address and see where it sends you. You may end up in Augusta, Georgia, who knows, but Google can mislead you. But remember this, one of the greatest gifts that God gave his, us is his people, his people. Remember, the importance of the church, and I'm not talking about just the confines of this walls, these four walls here, I'm talking about the church God's church, church and Christianity in general, is there's people that experience things, people that go through things, wisdom that comes from life experiences. And the important thing is that you take what you learn from your experiences and you use that to encourage and to teach and to speak into other people's lives so they don't make the same mistakes that you made. Amen. Amen. It's very important. That's why I'm telling you all the time, your testimony is very important. You know, Wednesday night dive, I, I shared my story and, and you know, I probably bored you guys to death for an hour and 15 minutes. But you know what? I believe, I believe somebody needed to hear something in that story because God wouldn't ask me to do that. But listen, your story is just as important. Your story and what you've experienced and what you've dealt with can encourage or help somebody going through some similar struggle in their life. And that's very important. Don't ever underestimate the power of your story. And, and listen, you don't have to have a bad testimony to be encouragement. You know, I did some pretty rough stuff. Been through some pretty hard, hard things. And, and, you know, that was just part of my story. So whenever you're sharing your story, don't feel like you've got to make it look like you were in the pit of hell and I came out of the pit of hell. Listen, if you were raised in church and God blessed you from the time you were born, my gosh, you share that. Encourage somebody with that. Amen. All right, so don't neglect the people that are around you. 
the people right here in these four walls. And the biggest thing is to learn to humble yourself and allow people to speak into your life. That's the hardest thing, is we can't humble ourselves and allow people to speak into our life. And it's hard for me, but I intentionally make myself do it. Make myself do it. Proverbs 11.14 said, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. So when people speak into your life, into your decision-making, into your choices, there's safety. There's safety. Proverbs 18.1.2 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Now, whatever decision you've got to make, whatever it is, bring it before others. Godly counsel. All right? And... and I'm emphasizing Christians here, all right? And it's not that non-Christians can't give counsel. They can. Come on. I mean, you know, people can give advice. But because you are Christians, you need to bounce what you're about to decide off of somebody who puts Jesus Christ above everything else. Amen. That's very, very important. Very important. Sometimes this is the, 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 the difficulty of... Being a Christian and needing uh, professional counseling and going to a non-Christian counselor. That's not a good recipe right there. Amen? So, think about, when you think about your godly counsel, I want you to think about three different types of people. In other words, when you're thinking about who you're going to seek out, seek out these three, t- these three types of people. And first is family and your closest friends. That's people that know you. They know you and your family. And I know that's the hardest thing. Oh, my gosh, my family. Oh. But listen, they know you, and they know your personality, and you know them, and, but allow them to, to, to speak into the decision that you're about to make, because they can see it from a different viewpoint, all right? They, and I'm not saying that's the gospel when they speak to it. Now, don't be one of those that, well, my mom said I can. I'm 50 years old, but my mom says I don't need to do this, so I can't, all right? Listen, this is a, just a guide, just a guide. But now, the second type of people is the people in your church, Start thinking about who in your church may have experienced something similar to what you're dealing with. Well, that's who you need to go talk to. And listen, young people, don't discount the wisdom that comes from life experiences. When I graduated Raymond from the pastor's group, and they told us, they said, you're not a pastor from two years of training because there is wisdom that comes from life experiences. Go mentor under somebody and learn so you can have it before you stand before to teach. And that's what I did. And that was, that was some of the best advice they could have ever given me because we've learned so much since 2008. So much. And I praise God for it. But listen, learn to look for that. Somebody that has experienced something similar to what you... And it's not about digging in your business. But listen, sometimes we got to know some of your business, all right, to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. And there's people sitting right here. And, and listen, I'm not a pastor that says you can only talk to people here. If you can't find what you need here, I'll find you help somewhere else. Or you reach out to the church body itself outside of these walls and you get the good godly counsel and advice that you need. That's more important than trying to make, grow a bigger, bigger church. Amen? Now, the third type of people that you want to think about, and that's me, your pastor, and the elders of the church, okay? Listen, we're here to serve you. That's what you're here. And I hope you all know my heart. My heart, oh my gosh, I want, 
I want to see you succeed in walking in the will of God. Nothing makes a smile on my face greater than when I see people stepping into what God's calling them to do. You take the seeing them use the God-given potential they have and taking ownership of something in the church and making it their own. And glory to God, that's fantastic. And I'm here to serve you. So don't ever feel like you can't call me. Don't ever feel like you can't tell me something. We'll sit down and we'll have coffee. We'll work it out. I'm, I'm there for you. Always remember that. Always remember that. Because we're all going to be making decisions. You know, jobs, marriage, everything. And look, you don't have to go through all three types of people when you're trying to make a decision. But if you're trying to make a great decision, yes, go through. Just like when we started this church, we prayed. We were already, we, we thought we were going somewhere else. We prayed. All right? And we sought godly counsel. People that were not here in the town. People that had been in ministry many years. And bounced everything off of them. It was very, very important. Very important. And I'm so, so glad that we did. Now, the third step in making a wise decision. This is, this is the real spiritual one. And that is do what you want. Alright? Don't make it harder than it is. And that sounds really unspiritual, Right? Now, if you haven't done step one or two, it is unspiritual, all right? Remember that. <laughs> but if you go to God's Word, and you go to Him in prayer, and you believe His Word and His promise, and you've, you sought godly counsel, and allowed people to speak into your life, and tell you, that's no, that's, that's not God, that's a crazy decision that you're making. Huh? If you've done that, then at that point, you do what you want to do. Do you want to take that job? Do you want to move to that city? Do you want to make a financial investment into that? You know, do what you want. Do you want to marry that person? Don't make it more difficult. If the answer is yes, do it. Take a step of faith. Do it. Step into it and walk into what God's got for you. Amen. Don't learn to get hung, don't, learn not to get hung up on always waiting on God and waiting on God to, to slap you in the face, paint it on the wall, yes, marry her, you know, don't, know. Have confidence in your choice and in your ability to make a decision with who you are in Christ. Amen. And it's that simple to follow Jesus in the gray areas of your life also. Because too often people are always sitting and they're wanting, I'm waiting on a vision. Listen, don't go looking for visions. Because Satan will bring you some visions also. All right? Don't do that. Don't fall into that. And, and, and the whole idea that, that, that God has got to show up in a vision every time you try to make a decision, do you, do you see how crazy that seems? That's, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not how God's designed it to be. Amen? You have freedom in Christ to do what you want. So once you've brought your decision and your choice under the authority of His Word... And his people, do what you want. Do what you want to do. Now, last, the fourth step in making a wise decision. And this, very simple, but very important. Ignite your faith. Okay? You've made the decision. You're going in a direction, this way or that, one way or another. You're going somewhere. And now you just simply need to trust God. Stand in faith. Because, listen, you don't know what's about to happen. You've made a decision... And you know some consequences are coming. Are they going to be good or bad? You don't know. You have no idea. But at that point, that's when you need your faith more than anything. In other words, you need to believe and trust God 
in his promises and the fact that he guided you to make that decision, you made this decision and trust the fact that he's a sovereign God and he's got your back and that his word clearly says that he'll work everything for your good, every choice and every decision that you make. It's very, very important to have that faith because, you know, your decisions ultimately uh, don't dictate what comes into our life. God does, okay? Now, you're going to have to deal with some stuff sometimes. But you've got to have faith in God. Faith in, the, in that you trust Him, that, you, that He will be with you, and that He won't let you down. Proverbs 16.1 says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from, Lord, from the Lord. I always remember, He's directing our lives. He's directing your life. He's lining everything up with His plans and His purpose. We just simply need to have the faith to trust Him no matter what. No ma- you know, and faith is the hardest thing for people to get. Because you see, faith doesn't see the answer. I mean, faith sees the answer when it's not there. But people, human beings, can't grasp that concept. No, they need to see it, and then I'll believe it. All right? And that's so, it's so interesting why God told us that we need to live a life of faith. It's just like when you're praying about, about where a decision or something that God's wanting you to do, you know, and you're praying about it. And, and maybe it's like when we started our business, we, we prayed about it and, and, you know, we knew we needed $50,000. I shared some of this on Wednesday night and, and we didn't know where we, we didn't have $50,000, but we prayed about it, took some time, prayed about it. And then he, and God told me who to go see. So I did, I went to see it. But had I not taken that step of faith to go see the man and share the vision for the dream that I had and for the, for the business I had, which in turn, he gave us the $50,000. But see, it all started with praying to God and taking a step of faith. Because I could have just sat at home and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. God's going to show up one day. God's going to show up one day. You know, I think God wants me to go talk to this gentleman, but I'm not sure. When he paints it on the wall, I'll go. He's like, I could have done that, but no, I didn't. I was excited. I was ready to get going. So I took a step of faith. And I, when I did, glory to God, God met me right there. Glory, the man wrote me a personal check. We went out of there, and we were in business. And it was fantastic. But it started with that step of faith. And he wants to do the same thing for you in your life, in whatever area in, in your life where you're needing some help. So when you go forth, I want you to remember this process. When you're making your decisions, believe and praying, pray and believe God's word. Listen to godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. And just do what you want in faith. Amen. You know, we, we, we did all of that to start this church. We sought counsel. And then after that, we just kind of looked. I looked at Michelle and I was like, hey, do we want to stay in Auburn? We love these people, you know. So we stayed in Auburn. Glory to God. And then we ignited our faith. And look how he grew the church. Because, we, guys, we didn't have a dollar to start this church. We reached out to a few people in the church. They stepped up and got us going. But the first thing we did was we needed a building. And we didn't have the money to get a building. But we prayed. And this building was available the day we prayed. We came and looked at it. We didn't have the money to get it. It was strictly an act of faith. But we took the step. And I told him, I said, we're going to get this building. We're going to get it. We didn't have the money yet, but I told him we're going to get this building. 
And within a matter of a week, the, the money came in from some of you guys and other people to get us in the building. And it never has stopped. God has constantly been providing for this church and constantly will because of our faith as a unified body. And he'll do the same thing in your personal life. Amen. Glory to God. So I want to encourage you. Go through that process. Bounce everything off of that. It's very, very important. It'll make a, it'll make a whole, it'll make a big difference in your life. It really will. But always learn. Those of you that maybe you have a little low self-esteem or maybe you're struggling with a self, self-confidence issue. Listen, that's from Satan and I rebuke that now in Jesus' name. But if you're dealing with that, listen, pray for, pray for a breakthrough there. Because you need to be able to confidently make a decision, simple decisions, so you can walk in some success in your life. Right? Don't get hung up on, on whether overanalyzing every single situation to where you to the point that you can't make a decision. Because that's the worst thing you'll ever do. That will keep you held back. Remember, that's a lie from Satan. And he's lying to you, trying to convince you and tell you that you don't have the strength to do it. You can't do it. That's where that lack of self-confidence is coming from. It's coming from the enemy because he wants to keep you held back. He doesn't want you walking into the success of what God's got called for you. Amen. Well, glory to God. I hope you got something. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you for the wonderful God that you are, and I thank you for this message. I know it was for somebody. And Father, I just thank you that glory for it. And Father, I pray this message today. I hope it spoke to somebody's heart. And anybody that is out there that is struggling with trying to make a life-changing decision or or anything, Father, I, I hope this gave them a little guide to help them get some 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 clarity. Because Father, we know that anything that's unclear, that's not from you. That's just the enemy trying to trying to stump them up, Father. And I pray now that this gave some clarity. And Father, I pray that this gives them a confidence to make a choice. Confidence to make a decision. Confidence. And Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anybody in this house that hasn't made the choice or the decision to choose you, I just want you to raise your hand. And if that's you, I want to pray with you before you leave. No big deal. I want to take a minute and just chat with you.